Welcome to Dream Deep. Stories from inside with Molly and Nikki. Together we share stories, interviews, and ideas about what it means to dream deep and live fully. I'm Molly, a mama to three, a wife and owner of a small business in Virginia, Molly Suzanne, a photography company recently expanding to do custom coloring books and acrylic paintings. I'm Nikki Weaver, an artist, a healer, mover, maker, mama to two, wife to one, and currently building work with incarcerated women and women on the outside through a nonprofit called On the Inside, living in Portland, Oregon. I always love when it says recording in progress. <laughs> it makes us so official. It is most definitely. <laughs> uh, well, Hi guys, back. Molly and I are here together. Um, we're we're gonna share some poetry today, uh, which I'm so excited about. We, we've planned this for a while. Um, I feel like a school kid with like my books all here. And, um, <laughs> you, you all can hear us, but you can't see us. But Molly, look here, are my books, Ooh. all these pretty books I've brought. And um, we really thought we'd just kind of go back and forth and read some of our favorite pieces and uh, and maybe share a little bit as to why or, or how they've come up in our lives. So yeah, it's our yeah. smorgasbord of poetry. <laughs> Yay, thanks for joining us. Molly, you want to start? Who, who, who sure. Yeah, so the very first one that I have is Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, and it's, uh, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. Do the thing you think you cannot do. Mm. And um, that one most recently in the past, well, I guess it'd be in the last two years of my life since I decided to quit drinking. Um, that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do, to be honest. Um, it was just something that I never thought I could accomplish. It, drinking had just been such a part of my life for so long um, and just such a part of the routine. You know, when time was tough, I would turn to drinking. When I wanted to relax, I'd turn to drinking. And then it became just a habit. You know, I had to have it. <clears throat> and um, so, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things for me was just realizing that it was kind of an escape. Mm -hmm. Drinking was for me. Um, and then when I got a lot of my life figured out, um, I didn't really need to escape from anything mm. and I could just be in the moment and feel all my feelings and be completely um, there for whatever I was experiencing. And um, I think that's why when I read this poem, it just meant a lot to me because it was something I was very feel fearful of, especially just feeling everything completely and not numbing my feelings anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my first one. And um oh I yeah, love that, it I love it it's yeah. such a good reminder Molly to like show up in your authenticity you know even when that when the struggle is real and how hard yeah. that is to do like on a daily basis yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely oh oh 
and Eleanor Roosevelt, she's somebody that I often think about in terms of like my elementary school days, but mm -hmm. is not someone <laughs> though that I turn to at this point in my life. So I love like being reminded of her words, you yeah. know, yeah. and that she's carried you forward in your life. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Well, what about you? I want to hear from you. Yeah, I know. I was sort of like, oh, which one do I read first? Um, oh, okay. All right, well, so I'm gonna start with this one. It's from a book that I love called To Bless the Space Between Us, uh, a book of blessings by John O'Donoghue. Awesome. I'm showing it to Molly. The rest of you can't see it. You just have to hear. <laughs> um, this, this book, I, I teach I teach a lot. And so I, I often share pieces from this book, but um, yeah, I'll read it. This one's called For Belonging. May you listen to your longing to be free. May the frames of your belonging be generous enough for your dreams. May you arise each day with a voice of blessing whispering in your heart. May you find a harmony between your soul and your life. May the sanctuary of your soul never become haunted. May you know the eternal longing that lives at the heart of time. May there be kindness in your gaze when you look within. May you never place walls between the light and yourself. May you allow the wild beauty of the invisible world to gather you, mind you, and embrace you in belonging. Mm, I love that. Uh, it's a good one, huh? Uh -huh. You know, uh, his, his writing is often spiritual as he comes from sort of a Catholic upbringing and, um, you know, an Irish poet. Uh, but I think what I love about this piece is how it moves from longing to belonging and how mm. much of, I think my life, you know, especially early days of that longing of like longing to be included, wanting to be a part of something. Yeah. Really, you know, wh whether it's, whether it's religion or rather, whether it's spirit that we are part of something that's so much bigger than us. But uh, yeah. I think it also speaks to how easy it is to, to, to sit in darkness and how uncomfortable that that can be. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the way he starts each line with may, 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 I, I'm really attracted to that, that it's a, it's an offering or that it's a choice. Um, but that last line, Molly makes me think about that book that you shared with me that I'm still reading, Braiding Sweetgrass. Oh yeah. And he says, may you allow the wild beauty of the invisible world to gather you, mind you, and embrace you in belonging. And it also makes me think about your paintings, you know, that you paint things that are so small and minuscule that some people might miss, but you really see them. And I think that's what he's talking about too, of, of the wild beauty that's inside of us, but also around us. Mm, I love that. So that's John O'Donoghue for belonging. Thank you. That was beautiful. I'm going to have to look into, I haven't heard of him. Oh yeah. This is a beautiful book to bless the space oh, between us. But. That's awesome. We're kind awesome. of like librarians that. right now. We're like, I love it. To our class. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. It gives me and ideas on the next books to read too. Right. I mean, and maybe we'll start a book club out of this too. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> I've been reading more instead of, um, yeah, side note, I've been reading more instead of just flipping through my phone so much, uh -huh. trying to pick up my book. So I'm like, I'm not learning anything by, like, yeah. I'm really not. And, um, 
yeah, so it's it's been awesome to just pick up my book a little bit more. And I'm trying to inspire the kids to read more too. So we'll see. Oh, I love that. My kids definitely yeah. outread me, which I'm not proud of. Yeah, but yeah. they are yeah. phenomenal readers. But I did just this week, I'll have to send you a picture. Um, is I, I built this little sort of uh, altar sitting reading area in our room. Aww. Mostly it's a collection of junk from around our house that I've assembled into a, a great. Neat artistic looking space. That's but great. I'm like, this is going to be our reading area. And last yeah. night um, I did sit up there, you know, to with the idea that I had all my poets and I thought similar to what you're speaking to Molly. I'm like, I'm so sick of <laughs> watching things or letting that be the way that I've chosen to unwind in the last few months of like kids yeah. go to bed, take a breather. Yeah. And then, Oh, how can I disconnect from the world? Let's watch yeah. TV. Yeah. Um, so I'm tired of that. So it's been yeah. so nice to sit with words and last night, especially in prep for this call uh, in our, you know, storytelling, I thought, ah, oh, I'm going to sit with my books. It felt much more intentional. And um, I felt yeah. so much happier when I went to bed. So Mm, that's awesome. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Who you who you got next? Who's All right. Next? Let's see. Which one do I want to read next? Okay. I I can't stand it. I'm gonna go ahead and do my favorite favorite one, which is okay. ironically Theodore Roosevelt. What? You're bringing in the whole family. <laughs> I am. How crazy is that? I actually have two from Theodore Roosevelt. Um, because I just love it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it is not the critic who counts, nor the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man that is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives violently by valiantly. I don't know if I know that word. V A L I A N T. Maybe it's valiantly. Yes, thank there you. Yeah. <laughs> who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Mm. Um, and I just love that one um, specifically. Um, you know, I think that a lot of times in our day and age, I know me specifically, um, we spend a lot of time and energy just talking about things that should be done or um, talking about other people and how they should do it and just all these words and um, energy goes into that. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it just kind of helps you realize that when you actually do something, it's so much more satisfying and you can learn so much by just doing things, even if you do fail. Um, and I don't even feel like there's failures in life. It's just learning lessons. Um, and yeah. so that's why it's always the first time I ever heard that quote, I just have always loved it or the, the poem. Um, and it's just meant a lot to me in my walk and in my journey. And, um, I've taught the kids that a lot too. It's just, you don't need to be all talk, you know, just go and do it. 
you know, mm-hmm. and Brad always says the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just, I love that. Um, and I love that, you know, just the passion behind the poem talking about um, just being passionate for life and, um, you know, that it isn't easy, but to do hard things also, you know, mm-hmm. to do hard things and to try hard things. Um, kind of goes back to the first poem I read about, you know, your fears and doing things that aren't always comfortable, but that there's a lot of growth in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's like that word, Molly, valiant. That you were like, what's that word? Valiant. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you know that word. Because it, it I is. I do when I hear it. I just, uh, yeah. it, was, it was funny. Well, I was like it, a brain fart. It is the word of, <laughs> yeah, no, but it, but it's that word of, um, you know, courage and, and bravery, which is what you're, what, what you exemplify, you know, in your artistry and like stepping away to make that work. And, and I'm sure it's probably part of what you teach your children when you say, you know, just go out and do it, even if fear is a part of it. Like that's yeah. how we learn. That's how we grow. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Huh. Well, you got the whole family. You've got Eleanor. and Theodore. <laughs> I know it's hilarious. I was thinking that I was like, Oh, who cares? It's great. And why not? <laughs> this, is, this is our little reading club. Yeah. <laughs> well, one one day maybe we'll sit together and have tea and we'll bring all of our books or or we can create our own anthology of, of, of poetry and artwork. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I've got Rupi Kaur next. Okay. Indian poet. Awesome. She's um I think she's first generation Indian. Um and she I believe she lives in Brooklyn in New York. Do you know her work at all, Molly? I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't She's know. one of my favorites. And I, I saw her perform in Portland and, and it was a performance. I mean, she's a poet, a stunning poet, but also yeah. uh, almost like a spoken word sort of quality or air to her when she walks on stage. And she was in wow. this stunning slip dress mm. I think with flowers in her hair. And she came out, she's very tall and slender, yeah. barefoot. And uh, I mean, it felt like each poem was, um, I guess, like a gift, Molly, the way she sort of exuded the language. But Mm. this this poem, um, most of her poems don't have titles, but they have uh, little endings with like a a line or two. And she has these little drawings in her book. I saw a couple. I feel like they look familiar to me. I don't know if that's because I saw them when I was searching. Oh, that's so cool. I love those. Yeah. So I have all of her books and um, this was one of the first ones or the second one that she put together, but uh, it has no, no title, but um, I've shared this one a whole bunch in different classes I've been teaching and I just keep coming back to it over and over again. So here it is. She says, It has been one of the greatest and most difficult years of my life. I learned everything is temporary. Moments, feelings, people, flowers. I learned love is about giving everything and letting it hurt. I learned vulnerability is always the right choice because it is easy to be cold in a world that makes it so very difficult to remain soft. I learned all things come in twos, life and death, pain and joy, salt and sugar, me and you. It is the balance of the universe. It has been the year of hurting so bad, but living so good. 
making friends out of strangers, making strangers out of friends. Learning mint chocolate chip ice cream will fix just about everything. Hmm. For the pains it can't, there will always be my mother's arms. We must learn to focus on warm energy, always. Soak our limbs in it and become better lovers to the world. For if we can't learn to be kind to each other, how will we ever learn to be kind to the most desperate parts of ourselves? Mm, I love that. I thought you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this one, um, it often makes me weep. I think it, it is, it's the, the balance of the heaviness and the lightness and COVID and the world prior to COVID and the world we now live in and the world we're moving towards. It's, um, and yet at the end of it, the, the simple reminders of like how good ice cream is when things are bad. Yes. <laughs> how much sweeter it tastes, how much more we need to eat. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, and I love the way she, you know, pulls her mother into talking about her mother's arms and, and, and how she focuses on energy, you know, that sometimes it's not words that we remember, but it's feelings or sensations. But Yeah. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's that, the sun and her flower. I love that one. Power. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have a heavy bag, Molly, by the time this, this class is over. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's great. I'm going to send you a lot of poems. <laughs> Yay, that's awesome. Fantastic. Okay, so my next one is um, John Lennon. Whoa. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Another heavy hitter here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> When I was five years old, my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up. I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment. And I told them they didn't understand life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it. It actually reminds me of um, my brother, Seth. He's very, since he was a child, he's been very headstrong. Um, and when he went to kindergarten, he was telling all of, he was telling his kindergarten teacher all the reasons why he shouldn't be there. <laughs> I only know your brother a little bit, but he should probably listen to this just so he can hear that remember <laughs> reminder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I uh, happiness really is is such a. Um, it's kind of cliche, but it's also truly the core of everything in life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think back to um, just, you know, at the end of your life, when you reflect back, like when you're in, you know, your old age and you're reflecting back, you know, what are the things that you're going to remember? You're going to remember the happy times. You're going to remember the memories when you're laughing with your loved ones. You're not going to remember how much money you had and, um, you know, the things that are the, whatever, the things that you had, the tangible things, it's, um, you know, that's the whole point of life, in my opinion, in my experience. And I think um, that's brought me a lot of satisfaction thinking about that, um, you know, because as you get older, I mean, I'm not old, I'm 36, but as you get older in life, you start thinking about the things that matter more and you start yeah. reflecting on those things. Yeah. Um, and especially now with just 
COVID and, you know, people dying so young and sporadically and suddenly it just kind of puts life in perspective on what really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually reading a book right now called The Happiness Project. I've um, read that. It's a good yeah, one. <laughs> I love it. It's such a, it is such a good one. I, it really is. I had actually started reading it and then I put it down and then I picked it back up, which I typically do with books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you remember when she talks about just bringing more fun into your life mm-hmm. and like having these, um, you know, intentional times or days that you think of things that are, you know, really being, bring fun and happiness. And I've really been um, thinking about that a lot and that it should almost be a part of your, of your to-do list every day, you know? Well, that, that makes me think Molly, uh, one of my friends out here has a, a gratitude jar, both her and her daughter's. It's also, it's often been a gratitude jar, you know, and then next to it are a bunch of little bits of colored paper, but you and Brad might love this. But yesterday I was at her house and I said, oh, your jar looks beautiful. It's so full. And she said, yeah, this is, she said, the, the happiness jar. She said, since COVID, she said, I started a happiness jar instead of a gratitude jar. And the idea is that every day she writes one thing that she's happy for. Mm. or has brought her happiness and puts it in the jar and at the end of the year or when the jar is completely full she dumps them all out and you know has her own little ritual ceremony and Um, reflects back you know I mean that would be something you all could do too so pretty idea yeah and there then it would would be your visual to-do list too (laughs) oh my gosh absolutely and it could even be you could pull one out every now and then and do that again yeah yeah right Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. She, I would say like ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Ice yeah. Cream. No kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Brad and I were reflecting last night. We were like, um, I think that we've had ice cream every single night for the past two months at least. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a definite ritual and it brings I us a lot. It. Of are you, are you make me want to get ice cream after I get off this call. Oh <laughs> What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Last night we had uh, cookies and cream. Uh, I think they were like coconut milk popsicles. They were good, but they were not as good as like ice cream, ice cream. So we actually have cookies and cream. They're real briars. Whoa. Okay. I'm coming over to your house. Just have Mom. to pop a plane. <laughs> <laughs> good excuse to come to Virginia. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read, uh, let's see. I'll read uh, Young Pueblo next. This is a book in word. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. Beautiful pieces. I love this book. Again, I use it as like a teaching tool. Yeah. This is just, uh, it's just a real short little one. Okay. How to lead yourself. Number one, develop a relationship with your intuition. Number two, have the courage to follow its guidance. Mm. I think um, his words, what, what I love about them is they're to the point specific and, you know, I, the, the amount of time that I think about how I've sat in circles and other people have been leaders and I've been the follower, Yeah. how, how easy it is to follow and then the challenge of what it really looks like to lead, to lead from your heart or to lead in a workplace. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just sort of how all of us navigate that over our lives over and over again. Um, 
Yeah. And, and that number one for him is to develop a relationship with your intuition. And, you know, I think for, for me, that has become something that I've practiced more and more over time and with age and getting comfortable with like, oh, my gut says this is the wrong decision. Um, yeah. But my head says it's the right. So really learning to trust my intuition um, has been, you know, my own development, I think, Molly, with it. And and that number two, he says, have the courage to follow its guidance. For me, yeah. I relate to that most closely with, you know, leaving my job in the middle of a pandemic and saying, okay, let's start a nonprofit. Yeah. In hindsight, it still seems crazy. At, in the moment, it seemed crazier. <laughs> um, and now I'm like, no, that, that is true. That, that, that was a courageous act, you know, um, and I'm still like following it and choosing to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I like that, that every day we're not just being led by someone else, but we're also learning to lead ourselves. So that was my really response. profound. I, I typically like, I really enjoy things that are those little quotes that are, you know, very simple, but very profound and so much underneath the meaning of them. Yeah. Um, and, and I also am still learning, but also appreciating to trust that voice or that intuition Mm-hmm. Um, because so many times I, f- I do feel that it's accurate when I trust and trusting it though, because you can hear it and be like, no, no, this is the better option. Or this is what mm-hmm. my spouse wants me to do, or, mm-hmm. you know, or you're being swayed by some sort of, you know, outwardly, um, condition, but yeah, I, I think that that's super profound. And I think that we should all strive to to trust that intuition that God gives us that our higher power gives us that intuition to, you know, speak through us and to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love it too. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I could probably read every poem from all of these books <laughs> that yeah. I'm sharing with you, but I'm like, just stop Nikki. Just stop. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are all great though. Um, you got another one who's next on your list. I do. Theodore Roosevelt again. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There are no words that can tell the hidden spirit of the wilderness that can reveal its mystery, <clears throat> melancholy, and its charm. Um, and that hits home for me specifically, I mean, I've always loved being in nature and I always feel so much more grounded when I'm, when I go outside and just take a breath of fresh air and be with the trees and, um, you know, be barefoot and animals, the, everything about um, the earth and nature has always been uh, intriguing to me and very peaceful um, to be surrounded by. Um, and then of course, going to visit the redwoods, this pass out where you're you're stomping ground um you know it was just I mean truly no words um yeah and he starts with there are no words and I mean the sequoias and the redwoods were just blew my mind I mean that they had been there for so long and they were so ancient still living you know it just to me, I just couldn't even believe, like, you really can't even comprehend it until you're standing in front of them. Like they have such a presence and an energy that's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, 
such and, a good reminder of how small we are in mm-hmm. the making of the world. And I, I remember that a similar experience, Molly, of of thinking about the the fires, the conversations they must have witnessed, the earthquakes, the floods. Yeah, no kidding. Just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all just so fascinating to me. Um, and it especially too, when I don't know if you've ever done a meditation where it kind of takes you out of your body and it takes you like, first you're looking over your body and then you're looking over your house and then you know, the universe and the world and um, just reminds you how small, you know, but yet how huge the the greater world is. And um, yeah, it's just always been fascinating to me. Um, and like, you know, I'm a Christian and believe that, um, God created the heavens and the earth, but also, um, you know, it's still very fascinating to think of that someone or something could create the earth and us. And to me, it's just all pretty amazing how it all perfectly, uh, comes together. Mm. Yeah. And and that, that makes me think too, the, not the not just the creation part of it but the connection part of it molly of thinking about that there was a story maybe on the new york times or something a while ago about the root system of trees Mm. and how what you know we see so much above us in front of us but everything that we don't see under us Mm. that allows trees to regenerate and plants to pop up in different places and and how they feed each other you know i'm like god that's like hopefully we're all learning from that all the time that that's how we as people as humankind need to be if we're going to survive you know longer and longer absolutely we need a sequoia or a redwood (laughs) yeah exactly um my dream one day um I actually looked into it but the kids are so young right now and it's a lot of money and um, but I looked into horticulture, going back to school for horticulture. And, um, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just so fascinating to me. And like, I don't even care how much money I would make. It's more just like the learning part of it. Just knowing, you know, the soil composition and the plants and how they thrive and what environment and how it um, affects, you know, all of us plants, the, the, the oldest living organism on earth, you know, like. Mm. so um yeah it's always always intrigued me so hopefully one day I can get even more education about it because it's I love learning about it it's like it's endless <laughs> yeah yeah oh I, I know I know you will I know you'll, yeah you'll it happen you make all sorts of things happen that no yeah. one else has dreamt of oh okay thanks friend oh um I've got a another oh, this is Tanya Markle Okay. The She Book, Volume Two. Um, awesome. She got two books at this point. Um, she, she's an author that I think I learned about online, hmm. and then she's become part of On the Inside, uh, the nonprofit that I'm sort of, you know, steering their work. And uh, yeah, just a, a beautiful. She self-published her first book, I believe, and then really the idea is that this book of poetry is a, a poem a day, and hmm. this. This starts at, um, it start at, starts at 115. And so her other book ended at 114. Okay. Uh, again, very, a lot of them are pretty short, a couple lines, but, uh, 
deep, deep lines. So yeah, read this one. This is 211. When women gather in circle and share stories, a fire is lit and the scorched space within that circle becomes fertile soil for possibility, imagination, and compassion. When women connect through their stories, earth listens, dreams, and takes them into her womb and asks, can you feel the embryonic kicks of a new world? And more often than not, these women leave reborn from stories of pain. Mm. I love that. It really made me think of just um, the necessity of storytelling, you know, and I think like in you and I sharing and learning each other's stories, Molly, and in, in the work I've been doing in, you know, facilities inside prison um, yeah. of how, how we have to learn from each other, you know, because we can't do all the work alone all of the time. And yeah. that often we can, we can connect to each other through differences, but also through similarities and it just reminds me that we, um, that, that connection is what we're all working on, connection to self and connection to our partner or our dog or kids. And that it's, it's just an ongoing journey. Um, and how she speaks to pain, you know, that pain is often a reason that people can begin to come together, you know, cause you're yeah. at a place of vulnerability. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, and what you spoke to earlier too, you know, um, where she speaks of the earth listening, you know, um, and then the way she associates the the body, the womb of women. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Talking to each other, which, you know, as many of us that are women know, you spend too much time with other women and then you all get on the same cycle and, uh-huh. <laughs> and then you're really in tune. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing how. I can get together with some of my friends and I mean, just talk and talk and talk, especially my mom. I mean, my mom and I can just talk for hours if we, if you let us, um, and just that connection that we have. And, you know, I've always thought Brad is a really good storyteller. He's, and he, it's funny because when he tells stories about his past or something he's learned or somewhere, cause he's lived so many different places. It's amazing. Mm. And, um, you know, he'll be telling a story and the kids are always just like, <laughs> staring at him like you know like so into what he's saying and uh, I think that's a gift I think some people really have that mm-hmm. ability to draw people in with storytelling yeah um, and I love storytelling too I remember my mom telling me stories before bed and it didn't matter what it was just something just anything yeah. about her life or she could even make it up you know yeah um, yeah it makes me think about yeah our our girls early on when they were younger, they almost always used to ask the question um, or, or statement, tell me a story from your imagination. Oh, that's so cute. You know, like, like that it couldn't be one that we'd read, but it had to be from our imagination. You know, I just loved that like framing of, oh, you know, and I always remember thinking like, I have nothing, I have nothing to, I have nothing in my imagination. You know? And then thinking that's ridiculous. We're all making up stories all the time, about, and we yeah. share them out loud, or we, you know, never speak them aloud. So we do. And um, actually, last night I was just I had so many dreams, and they were so vivid. Mm. And I'm just always amazed by where dreams come from. And I'm like, what's well, your imagination? Like, just they all like come together in um, this story. And I was just dreaming about yeah, all kinds of crazy things. We were hiking and we were horseback riding and we were going on adventures and we're 
sleeping in different places. <laughs> it was just like all these crazy things. But anyways, that just reminded me when you said that. What, what, did, what did, did you look any of the things up, Molly? Or what did you, when you woke up, how did you piece it all together? Like, what is the message from your dream last night? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe adventure. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's that I. Maybe uh, you need to cut loose. <laughs> seek adventure. Yeah, maybe I do. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It was, it was awesome though. I mean, um, just made me think of like, well, horseback riding, I loved to do when I was younger. Um, and you I, need to come out here and ride with that. I know. I would love to do that. I would love to. I love, I'm living vicariously through you because oh, I love you and your well, it's funny. My, my brain is spinning. Um, whoever's <laughs> listening to this, but you know, voicing things out loud sometimes bring us closer to our dreams that, that, you know, maybe we need to host a, a retreat or a, a, a day long workshop with watercolor painting with you and, and poetry sharing from the full group and oh, a, horse, a horse riding adventure, or, you know, even just horse therapy work, even groundwork. Cause there's so much, as you know, Molly, that you can learn just from being near an animal that's Oh, yeah oh for sure for could sure. be a whole a whole day and, and a walk in the forest near the horses um yeah I love that. we could, we could I love plan that. a pretty good adventure that would basically encapsulate your entire dream from last night i love it <laughs> i love it that sounds great yeah it was like we went to this um it was supposed to be an airbnb and it was almost like this giant yurt and there were all these different beds and all these different people and everybody was just kind of coming together and sleeping in this one place and they were all on different adventures but it was just it didn't even bother me that there were that there were all these bunk beds all mm. these beds just tons of people mm. kids laughing and everybody having fun so it was well that was a good dream <laughs> love it yeah um you, you got any more any more poetry you want to share those were the highlights those awesome. were the ones that i brought today okay i got one more um, okay yeah share. Share. this is i guess my theme is belonging today molly <laughs> this book is called belonging remembering ourselves home by toko paterner okay um, this is this I've had this book probably for six or seven years and just recently I picked it up again and and it's kind of it feels like it's become my Bible of recent. Um, I've been earmarking and then again teaching from it a lot, so this is a piece it. called um, waiting uh, and speaks to a little bit of um, the impatience of life or maybe the fastness of our times, so a poem called waiting. There is a good kind of waiting which trusts the agents of fermentation. There is a waiting which knows that in pulling away, one can more wholly return. There is the waiting which prepares oneself, which anoints and adorns and makes oneself plump with readiness for love's return. There is a good kind of waiting, which doesn't put oneself on hold, but rather adds layers to the grandness of one's being worthy. Mm. This sweet waiting for one's fruits to ripen doesn't stumble over itself to be the first to give, but waits for the giving to issue at its own graceful pace. Mm. Mm. Graceful pace. I love how that yeah. ends. That's really. Yeah, I, and I, lo I love her framing of the good kind of waiting. 
not putting ourselves on hold, but rather adding layers to the grandness of one's being worthy. Mm. That's awesome, profound mm. for sure. Mm. Well, I think I'll send all of these books to you in the mail. <laughs> Go for it. I would love it. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll send you these poems through a text, but um awesome. Sounds great. Yeah, maybe we'll do another poetry share. I think we should. There's so many more that I even thought about, but can yeah. narrow it down this time. You know, and if you're listening, send us your poems. Tell us who you love. Um, yeah. And, and let us share them or, or speak them into the world for you. Uh, there, there's a few more, of course, but I, I, I didn't grab them in time for our call. Um, so okay. maybe we'll do another one. But uh, Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, and, and I think uh, we're, we're going to gather again, right, Molly, and talk about liberalism and conservatism. <laughs> yeah that's gonna be Hot a topic <laughs> yeah we could totally uh stage a debate you could play the liberal or the conservative and i could take the opposite stance and we yeah. could really hash out a few uh a few things. <laughs> figure things out <laughs> oh man that'll be a fun one to come to the table for mm -hmm. yeah well Thank you for listening. If you've been tuning in, following our journeys or showing up here for the first time, we're really glad to have you. And uh, we'll be back with, with more fun topics for you. Yeah. Liberalism and conservatism. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Y'all are awesome. Take care. Bye. Bye.